be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. And everybody said amen. Aren't you glad that we can draw from the root and the fatness of the tree? Romans chapter 11. I'm so thankful. Pastor talked about the different access points to God that we have now that the people in the old covenant didn't have. And, and, and I dare say that it begins and it ends with the word of God. And it begins and it ends with the reading of the word of God. There is no substitution for you reading the word of God. Amen? There's not a substitution. It's so important that we, as I prayed earlier, look into our own selves and our own lives and say, what am I missing spiritually? Not physically, not materialistically, not money-wise, but what am I missing spiritually? And I dare say, if the Western Christian was to ask themselves that question, that would probably be the number one answer, is the lack of reading the Word of God. But not just reading it. Pastor mentioned reading it at the right angle. I mean, even though you can read the Word of God and not get anything out of it. There's been a lot of people that have read, atheists have read the scriptures. Muslims have read the scriptures. People of all different forms of religions have read the holy scriptures. But to read it from the right angle. Pastor said Sunday, you can't wait for someone else to educate you in the word of God. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. There's one thing as a dad, obviously some of you are there as a parent, some of you already been there, you know there's things you could have did better, you know there's things that you could do better if you're in that season of life, and there's obviously things that I can do better as a father, but I have six children, but I make sure one of the main things, especially with my older children, that I make sure that I try to tell them so often, and I look them in the eyes and I tell them, you cannot live off of your father's relationship with Christ. You can't live off of Pastor Brown's relationship with Jesus Christ. Just because you've spent 15 years under a roof around men and women of God does not mean that you can live off of their relationship with Jesus. That's why you have to read the scriptures. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it's so important. I was on the phone with somebody. I took a call last week. Somebody that was having marital problems, and it was just a reminder, after 18 years of ministry, I, when you sit with somebody over and over, and you sit with couples over and over, and you sit with young people, and you sit with older people, and you continue to hear the same story over and over and over again. When you're young and you're in ministry, you kind of try to be cool, and you get the latest book, and you try to give them the nine steps of this and three steps of that. And then as you get older, and, and you, you, you keep hearing, hearing the same story and you keep seeing the same lack of results, it comes back to one thing and that's the word of God. There's been a breakdown and a failure of that individual reading the word of God. And I believe it'll never change. That will always be the mainline issue is the lack of you reading the scriptures. And technology and and, and, and all the things and cultures, in my opinion, has only hurt that. 
Because now we can have somebody else read it for us, or, or we can have these resources and those resources, and all of those are fine and well, but if you base your whole relationship with Christ Jesus on that, it's going to be lacking. There's going to be an emptiness there. You won't cry hot tears. Go to John chapter 4. John, the fourth chapter. You can't wait for somebody else to educate you in the word. It won't happen. You can have people come alongside you, pastors, teachers, and you need that. But you have to read it yourself. And you have to ask the questions yourself. And you have to read it out loud yourself. And you have to ask God, God, show me your word. John chapter 4. It's a beautiful story. A lot of you are familiar with it. Samaritan woman meets her Messiah, amen, at the well. What a beautiful story. We won't read it, but it, it, go back and read the story yourself. But she meets Jesus at the well, and there's this conversation about the water in the well. And then Jesus says, but you don't know about the living water. And, and at the end, it's a beautiful interaction. Uh, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. And she realizes that she's face-to-face with Christ Jesus. She's face-to-face with the Word. It's there. It's just her and Him. I mean, even though you got to have those moments where you realize that it's you and Jesus, and it's nobody else. It's not the husband. It's not the wife. It's not the boss. It's not the preacher. It's you and Jesus. And when you have that moment, your life changes. The preacher said it. He stood right in this area and said, your life will never be the same. It'll never be the same when you have that moment. And then the woman is so excited, she wants to go tell somebody. How many of you know when you've had that Jesus encounter, you don't want to keep silent about it. You want to tell somebody about it. Young people, you might think all of us old folk are crazy, but when we realize what Jesus has done with our lives and how much he loves us, we can't help but to tell people about it. And unfortunately for you young people, you have me. And I like to talk about Jesus. I might smack you on the head and say in Jesus' name, but I talk about Jesus. But the woman tells the other Samaritans about Jesus. And she says, she left her water pot in verse 28. And she went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. How many of you know it's a good thing to evangelize? It's a good thing to tell people about Jesus. I've preached this text before in this church about the importance of evangelism and the importance of teaching others and telling others about Jesus. But I love verse 39. And sometimes people stop and and they don't read the last part of chapter 4. But watch what the Samaritans do. Verse 39. It says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Praise God for people who are willing to tell others about Jesus. Praise God for missionaries right now in dangerous places that are willing to go tell somebody about Jesus. She said, he told me all that I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans had come to him. So now 
they're not just good with hearing about Jesus. They want to go to Jesus. And it says, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. Some of the translation says that they begged him to stay with them. They weren't just satisfied with just hearing about Jesus. They wanted to find out for themselves. We have so many people in our churches, they've been in churches their whole life, but they've never been with Jesus. They've heard other people's goosebump and hot tear stories, but they've never experienced it for themselves. And that's a sad thing to me. But they wanted to experience it for themselves, so they urged Jesus to stay with them. And the Bible says he stayed there for two days. And it says, and many more believed because of his own word. Look at verse 42. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not because of what you said. What you said was great. And it was the gospel. But now we know. Now I know because I read it and I was around him. I took personal responsibility and I was with him for two days. It wasn't Pastor Brown. It wasn't JoJo. It wasn't the church. It wasn't Hillsong. It wasn't anything that I was connected to in a religious way. But I was with Jesus. Now I know. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. They found out for themselves. You say, Jesus, you say, Jojo, I don't have Jesus in the flesh to spend with him on a retreat for two days. No, but we have Jesus in the word. John chapter 1, let's look at it. Verse 14. Because a lot of people have problems with this. A lot of young people ask some really good questions. Because we'll preach and we'll teach these stories about these people that were with Jesus in the flesh. And for some people, it's hard for them to connect with that because now they're thinking, well, I don't have Jesus in the flesh now. John chapter 1, verse 14, look at it. The word says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We have Jesus, it's just in a different form. I tell the teenagers all the time, this is as close to Jesus in the flesh as you will get, this side of glory. And obviously I'll put it in little youth pastor terms and I'll say, so when you put your Bible under your bed, you're putting Jesus under your bed. I know it's a little creepy, but they get it. When you put your Xbox on your Bible, you're putting your Xbox on Jesus' face, so good job. Some of you adults need to hear that. When you put your Route 44 cup on the Bible, you get what I'm saying. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I'll never forget when I started understanding that because I, I kind of had those questions at a period in my life where I said, I, I, everybody tells me I can be like these disciples, but these disciples walked with him. They hung out with him. They ate with him. They fished with him. But I don't see him. But when I begin to understand this is him, and when I read this, he talks to me. And when I read this, hot tears flow down my eyes like if I was sitting with him for two days. It was a game changer. But it wasn't until I read. That's when things will change. When you read, the revelation will happen. When you read, 
the revelation will happen. You say, Jojo, I've read the Bible. I have did the 30-day reading plan and the 60-day reading plan and the 365-day reading plan. I had felt anything. You need to go from a different angle, as the preacher said. You're using the wrong golf club. You're using a five iron when you're on the green. Doesn't make sense. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20 says, He who pays attention to the word of God will find good. Let me read that again. He who pays attention to the word of God will find good. Will find good. You say, I sit down at 5 a.m. and man, I begin to read and it's just like, it just bogs down. I'm confused. I don't know. Stick with it. Continue to read. Stop in that moment and say, God, help me understand what I'm reading. Say that out loud. Your wife might walk by, your kid might walk by and go, did you just ask me a question? No, I'm talking to God. Teach me, show me, show me what this means. That's the problem. People don't stick with it long enough. If you stick with the word of God long enough, those guys were with Jesus for two days. Two days. And I'm sure it wasn't just had a cup of coffee with Jesus in the morning and then they went and did their thing for 10 or 12 hours. No, they were with him for two full days. They stuck with him. And he revealed himself to them. Colossians chapter 1. Some more text that was, came out of Sunday. And I highly encourage you to go back. It's powerful. It's powerful. Colossians chapter 1. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for my sons. This is my prayer for anybody that's never cried hot tears, for anybody that's never been in a local church and felt the true, genuine presence of God. This is my prayer for you. This is Paul. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. You say, man, I, I try to please God with my actions. I try to please God with how I serve in my church. I try to please God by connecting myself with 15 different ministries and giving to this ministry and doing this over here and doing that. And all that is great. But if you want to fully please God, sit down and read the word of God. That will please the heart of the Father. And in turn, he will pour his spirit out upon you afresh and anew. That's why you need to read the word of God the first thing in the morning. Morning, noon, and night, the psalmist said. But man, if you read the word of God in the morning, that will fully please the Father. And you will feel it. It goes on to say, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. There's that qualification again. We are qualified. We are engrafted in. Amen. Everything that you read in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is for you. You could be in Deuteronomy. It's for you. You could be in Genesis. It's for you. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness 
and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Why do we have... Why do we have a problem in the Western church of the same people doing the same things over and over and over and over again? I was one of them dudes. I got saved 19 times. You can laugh. I got saved 19 times in about 12 different churches from the ages of about 18 to 22, 23. A part of that was because I was just sinning out of my brains. And I knew I was doing wrong, so I felt the conviction. But I had this mindset of, man, if I just got saved every night, I'm, I'm good to go for the next day. Right? And I knew better, but that's, that's where the enemy will take you when you don't read the Word of God. And I wasn't reading the Word of God. So when I would go get saved over and over again, or I'd go to the altar for the same thing I'd went to the altar 50,000 times, it was because I wasn't reading the Word of God. That's why I think when people get saved in the Western church, and, and especially in America over the last several years, when people get saved, notice that the first week, the first two weeks, notice, take a group of kids to camp. The first week they get back is pandemonium. They're on fire for God. They love Jesus. And some of these parents can testify. It's like, man. And then after a week, it's gone. You know why that is? Because they're not reading the Word. They're not reading the Word. They're not reading the Word of God. Because if you, read, if you read the word of God, you can tell me, man, I'm listening to him and I'm listening to her and I'm listening to this. I'm listening to 15 different podcasts. My response to you is, are you reading the word of God? Are you personally reading the word of God? Another prayer, it's in the context of ministry, but I think it applies to what we're talking about. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul speaking to young Timothy, giving him encouragement, giving him instruction. And I love this first verse. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Well, I charge you tonight to read the word. Read the word. Paul was saying, Timothy, don't just live off of my accolades. Don't just live off of my resume. You preach the word. And as Pastor Brown said Sunday again, I'm so thankful that we're a church. Sometimes, listen, even for me, I've been doing this for 18 years. And sometimes I have to take the word home and, and chew on it a little bit and press it out. But we'd much rather reach down, Right? than to not have any depth at all. There's no challenge there. There's no charge there. Paul knew that when he was telling Timothy. Timothy, don't go, don't, don't, don't back away. Don't, don't be silent. Preach the word. Because when you preach the word and you're ready in season and out of season, you'll convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. The same thing goes with reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God. Things will change in your life. But do it when you want to do it and do it when you don't want to do it. That's one of the biggest hurdles to reading Scripture. Don't just do it when you came back from a conference and you're on fire for a day or two. Do it when all hell's breaking loose in your house and your marriage is jacked up. 
Do it when you have an out-of-control kid and you don't know what to do. And you're exhausted, you're stretched, but you still set that alarm for 5 o'clock. And you get in that dining room and you read the word. And then you get up and you shake your head because hot tears are coming down your eyes. And you go, God, you did it again. You did it again. Because when you sit down at 5 o'clock in the morning, it's not just a book. You're doing what those Samaritans did. You're sitting with Jesus. Preacher said it Sunday. I hope you don't mind. I'm just quoting all kinds of things. You did such a good job. He said, change your perspective. He said, change your perspective. If your relationship with the Lord is stale, and some of yours is, statistics say, there's a high probability that at least half of it, your relationship with Jesus Christ is really, really stale and dull right now. Change your perspective. Change your perspective. Young person, don't let the only time you have hot tears be in one week in June. You need to change your perspective. Change your perspective. And you know I can't preach without quoting a Dave Ramsey, but if you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results, that's the definition of insanity. You're crazy. Some of you are like, you didn't have to tell me that. But you're crazy. Change your perspective. Now I'll close with this. Shane, join me on the platform just for a moment. Just play your guitar just a little bit, if you don't mind. It's always good for anyway. He knows he's, I'm kidding. I'm just jealous that he can play, and I can't. But now, I've challenged you. I've prayed over you. Now, I want you to learn how to pray to God about this subject. Preacher said it's Sunday. Pray to the Lord when I read, let me understand. It's a simple prayer. Before you crack it open at 5 a.m. on Sunday, look at it, Lord, help me understand. And he will help you understand. He will. You say, preacher, you don't understand. Yeah, I understand. Trust me. I understand. I understand. Try being... Try being a pastor. Like that's your title. Like that's your job. That's what you get paid to do. Try being a pastor and not understanding the word of God. That was me for a few years. And by the way, there's still stuff I don't understand. And there's still stuff that he doesn't understand. Because it's a continued progression. But there was a time the first few years in ministry when, you know, I, I just needed prayer. I just, I, I was so raw and just, I was trying. And, and, and I got out of all that lifestyle and I just began to lock myself in the room after working and I would read for an hour or two and I wouldn't really know, I would struggle with what I was reading. And I remember I got to the point where I was like, man, I, I've got to do something. And I came in this sanctuary, and the preacher man was, I believe, seated over there. He might have been sitting here, but he was sitting maybe on the second row. 
And I just said, Rev, I said, I, something to the effect of the word is just not coming alive in me. I'm standing in front of a, the next generation, these teenagers, and I'm preaching, I'm fiery, I'm, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> Love Jesus. That was my message for about three years. <laughs> and I said, Rev, I, I don't know what to do. You got to give me something. And he took me to Ephesians chapter 1. It was a game changer. It was a game changer. It's the Apostle Paul. He said, he said, Joe, he said, I want you to read this, but I want you to pray this over your life. you got to read it yourself, right? In verse 15, it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul speaking to the people. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and you got to change a word here, may give to me, is what I begin to pray, may give to me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That my eyes and my understanding would be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he told me that, and I began to pray that over my life. And it changed everything. I'm not a scholar. But I began to read the word for myself. And I simply asked God, reveal it to me, and he has, and he continues to do so. You say, Jojo, getting you honest? He says, yes. Every time I open the word of God, I leave differently. I'm a better daddy. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. Yes, I go back and I listen to pastor's messages. Yes, I'll listen to a podcast every once in a while. You need those resources in your life, but don't let that be the first thing. Let the first thing be you reading the word of God, you sitting down, you taking the time to read it out loud, you taking the time to pray the word of God. Because when you read, you shouldn't read like a grasshopper. A lot of us do. But you should read it for who you really are, and that's the child of the Most High King. So, Father, we love you tonight, Jesus. God, and I'm so thankful that you've revealed yourself in your word. I'm so thankful, God, that 2,000 years after you were with those Samaritans for two days, God, that whenever I ask, God, I can sit down with you for as long as I want because of that new promise, that new covenant. Whether I'm in the car 
whether they're at home, or at work, God. Father, your word's available. The living word. And Father, I pray, Lord, tonight, as I prayed earlier, God, Father, that you would reveal yourself to every person in this building tonight through your word. Let our spiritual maturity not be dependent upon somebody else. But let it be dependent upon personal responsibility. Father, I pray, God, for these teenagers, Lord God. Why can't it start now? It doesn't have to wait until they're 25, 26, married, got all their stuff together. Let it start now, God. Father, we're thankful tonight, God, for your presence. God, that we felt even around the table, Lord God. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, for fellowship. We're so grateful that we can look across the table into somebody else's eyes. God, that's the way you built us. That's the way you created us, God, to be social. We're so grateful for that time. And God, as we entered this sanctuary, Lord, as soon as the first string was struck, God, your presence was so thick in this place. And God, as the word was read, you began to move on hearts of the people. So, Father, now as we go to our different places, different jobs, situations, God, let us all leave here knowing, knowing, knowing that we have full access to your word. And that if we don't read it, it's nobody else's fault but our own. It's not a church's fault. It's not a preacher's fault. It's our fault. Let us take full responsibility for our spiritual walk with you. God, bless these, your people, God. Their families, their jobs, their finances, God. But favor, God, run them down, Lord. Let them walk with their shoulders squared and their head held high. Knowing, God, that when they read your word, God, they're reading about themselves. Men and women of the Most High God. So we love you, God. Thank you for a big spiritual deep breath tonight. Let the spirit, let, let there be a spirit of slumber rest upon all of those tonight, God, as they lay their head to pillow. Let there be peace. And God, go with us until we come back again, Lord, this Sunday. And we pray in advance for this Sunday, Lord God, that you would continue to move on the hearts of North Central Arkansas and do what you want to do. We give you all the thanks. 
give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen and amen. If you want to hang around and fellowship for a few moments, do so. I highly encourage you to.